0: Author and speaker Rob Bell once said this. He said, Your job is the relentless pursuit of who God made you to be. And anything else you do is sin, and you need to repent of it. In other words, be yourself. But that's much more easily said than done, isn't it? There's a lot of different forces out there that are going to vie for our attention. They're going to try and tell us to act like this or to act like that. Forces out there that will make you want to wear certain clothes or listen to certain music or shop at certain stores or have certain friends. And all of these forces are going to pull you away from your center. Pull you away from who God created you to be. I want to focus on this problem here today, friends. We're going to be looking at Luke chapter 3, the story of Jesus' baptism. And I've titled this sermon, Forgiveness and Fire. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Send your living word to walk amongst us now to challenge our assumptions, to set our hearts ablaze, and to make us whole again. Amen. Have you ever wondered why I wear this robe? It's weird, right? We don't really wear robes around town anymore, but then you come to church and the pastor and the worship leader and the acolyte all have got these fancy white things on. They they look like blankets with sleeves. Remember Snuggies from a few years back? Well, did you know that these robes are meant to recall old baptismal garments? They're meant to, you know, those garments that maybe a baby would wear, a baptismal gown, or or adults used to wear long white robes like this when they were baptized. And it symbolized purity and being washed clean of sin in Christ baptism. And so somewhere along the way, some church person thought, you know, it would be a good idea if our worship leaders wore long, white robes like that to remind us of our baptism. You see, in baptism, we are claimed by God. God claims us as God's children, and the entirety of our faith journey then flows out from that moment of our baptism. Through baptism, we are born into a completely new way of life with God as our Father and Jesus as our Savior and the Holy Spirit as our guide. And so these long white robes are meant to remind us of all of this. Through baptism, we are all children of God. And the pastor and the worship leader and the acolyte, we aren't any more important than the rest of you. (laughs) We are children of God just like you, and so we should lead the service with humility. But see, this is part of the problem, isn't it? Not just with pastors and worship leaders, but in all areas of our life. When people are put in charge and up front, given a leadership position, oftentimes their ego can take over. People will get so caught up in their own sense of self-importance that they will lose sight of who God has called them to be. And so there's labels like leader. And labels like important. And it gets stuck on a person and it starts to cover up their God-given identity. This is a truly human struggle. Something that each of us struggles with in our own way. We have labels thrust upon us and it prevents us from seeing what God had said about us at the beginning. For example, let's say you've made a few mistakes in your life. You can't seem to get out of your own way, and so you start to think that you're nothing more than a failure. Or or, or you get passed over for a job, or for a promotion, or an underachiever. I'm such a failure, it falls on the floor. Or you're an underachiever, and so you're labeled the underachiever, right? Or you don't live up to the expectations of a boss, or a parent, or a loved one, and you start to tell yourself that you're nothing more than a disappointment. And it's not just the negative labels that can stick to us and obscure our child of God identity. Sometimes the good things that people say about us or the affirmations that we receive can also pull us away from what God has said. Someone will say that you're such a hard worker. Here it is. And that gets stuck to you. And so you run yourself ragged trying to keep up with that expectation. Or someone will say, you're just so fun-loving, and you'll think that means that you can never be serious again. Or someone will say that you're such a great helper, and then you'll bend over backwards trying to keep everyone happy but yourself. Or we'll get this idea in our heads somehow that we're just different, and that no one can ever understand us or know us. All of these scenarios are examples of the ways that we cover up what God has said about us in the beginning. Cover it up with some other label or some other idea. We lose sight of our baptismal identity. We lose sight of who God has called us to be, who we truly are. I'm sure we all know people out there who let their jobs become their life. Maybe it's happened to you. Maybe it's happening to you right now, but there are moments where this type of struggle that I've been talking about. When your job becomes your life, you're just letting that label cover up your child of God identity. People will become so focused on being a lawyer or being a teacher or being a parent or being a politician or being a pastor or any other job out there that they actually fail to be themselves. This is how burnout happens. And depression. When we start living a life that God didn't intend for us, the results are always disastrous. As you can see, these labels that we place on ourselves, they all obscure the truth of what God had said. At our baptism, God claims us as children of God, and that's the only label that matters. Everything else is just getting in the way. And so here's the key, church here's what we can do about all this. We simply have to get back to our baptism. Every single day we have to come back to center, back to the water, back to that voice of God that claimed us in the beginning. We are children of God and that's the place that we need to live from. Now I want to expand on this point a little bit and to do that we need to look at our reading from Luke this morning. So grab your Bibles, right? This is the reading where Jesus is baptized and there are some interesting implications. So... Let's grab our Bibles. Luke chapter 3. We will be starting at verse 15. Luke chapter 3, verse 15. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. And I'm not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay, stop there. Here's what's interesting about this passage. John the Baptist admits that the baptism he has been presiding over, they're different than the type of baptism that Jesus will offer. John's baptism is all about forgiveness. The forgiveness of sins. That's why people were baptized by John back in the day. They wanted to be washed clean. But That's certainly important, but Jesus takes it a step further. John says, Jesus will baptize with fire and the Holy Spirit. With Jesus, baptism isn't just about forgiveness anymore. Yes, we are still forgiven, but then thanks to Jesus, we are blessed with the Holy Spirit. I want to teach us a fancy theological term that kind of relates to all of this. The word is sanctification. Let me hear you say sanctification. Oh, that's a $2 word if I ever heard one. Sanctification. It is the process of becoming holy. And as Lutheran Christians, we believe that the process of becoming holy starts with God. It starts with what God does for us in our baptism. It starts with God forgiving us of our sins and loving us despite our imperfections. But it doesn't stop there. The process of becoming holy, sanctification, is a response to God's gracious action. Let me put it a different way. God forgives us of our sins, and because of this forgiveness, because of this amazing grace, we can't help but live a more holy life. We often get this twisted. We think that we have to be holy in order for God to love us and forgive us. But it's actually the exact opposite. God loves us and forgives us. And this incredible gift changes us. When we really understand and believe that God loves us, then that changes our decisions. That changes the choices that we make. That causes us to act differently. To live as entirely different people. And we see this happening in the reading. From Luke, John the Baptist offered a baptism with water for the forgiveness of sins. But Jesus takes it a step further. We are forgiven of our sins, and then the Holy Spirit and the fire gets involved. We are forgiven of our sins and our mistakes and our missteps, and then, because of what Jesus has done, with all of these things taken away from us, we are able to connect with the fire that has been placed within us. With the Holy Spirit that was given as a gift. You see, church, all these labels, they don't really mean that much. They, they, they fall off of their own accord because God is so gracious and merciful and good. All of these labels that we have been trying to live by, God wants to take them away so that we can recover our core. So that we can recover that fire that God had placed within us at our baptism. Let me say a word about this fire. Because I've been touching on it a lot, but I want us to really see. God wants us to live with passion. God has a purpose that has been planted within each of us. And that God is longing for us to discover. Howard Thurman famously said, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive. And then go do that, because what the world needs is people who have come alive. There are so many people out there who are sleepwalking through life. They take on some sort of label that they don't really like, and then they just let that become their entire story. They have no fire, no passion. They just trod through every day, and their greatest accomplishment is finishing another season on Netflix. But this happens... Because they're believing a lie, they're believing someone else's story. They've taken on some other label, they've lost sight of what God has planned for them. They've lost sight of their fire. But Revelation, let me tell you the good news of the gospel. The good news is this we are forgiven. The labels have been removed, and we are set free to find our fire. We are set free to live for so much more than we've been living for. Jesus was baptized by John and when he came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended like a dove from the sky and a loud booming voice said, you are my beloved, in you I am well pleased. And church, this loud booming voice is speaking to us too. We have been baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire and God is trying to tell us every day, you are my beloved. You Not someone else. Not some other label. You are God's beloved. When we get in touch with this powerful truth, when we come to believe it in our hearts that God has the final say about who we are, the goodness of that truth sanctifies us. It makes us more holy in that moment. It sets us on a path towards truly living the life God desires for us. You are are God's beloved. God has a purpose for your life. You don't have to live someone else's story. You don't have to live by some other label. Tune out what society has been trying to tell you and instead listen to the word of God. You are the beloved. Let Jesus take the labels away. Let Jesus call you back to center. Let Jesus show you what the Holy Spirit can do in your life. Discover your fire and your passion, that purpose that God has promised each of us, and live from that space, church. Amen.